the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Hey, it's Jim. Happy Saturday. You've tuned in to the third episode of Maximum Intake, my back and forth with intake guru Gary Falkowitz. If you've made it this far, you must be very interested and concerned about your intake. I hope you have learned some things. I think you're going to like this episode a lot. In this episode, we're talking about the actual transition from a lawyer-centric intake to a more of an intake person intake. In other words, we are working on scripts to empower the leads team to do a lot of the filtering for us. You know, we thought that our $100 consult fee was so brilliant that that was what was going to allow our potential clients to figure out if they wanted to do business with us and that they are going to now have the tools that they need and the questions that they need to figure out that this is a client for us or this is not a client for us. So we really sort of go into the nitty gritty where Gary's going back and forth with me about the questions that are right to ask, the questions that are too much information or the kinds of things that are going to allow us to figure out, boom, this is a case that we want or boom, this is a case that we don't want. And then we find the off ramps for people where else they can go so they they don't feel like we're pushing them off to the side if they're not going to do business with us but still being able to find those nuggets, those cases that we really do want to have. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you get a lot out of it. I hope you've enjoyed this so far. If you do, let me know. I I really appreciate the comments and the feedback. I'm thinking about doing something similar on email here in the next few weeks. So I'd love to know your thoughts on this and how else we're doing. Thanks a lot and have a great rest of the weekend. So we're back with Gary Falkowitz. This is our third meeting. We've gotten into sort of an every other week. And I think, Gary, that might be a good rhythm for us um, instead of trying to schedule sure. it every week. It, it sort of gives me enough time to sort of dig dig back into what we've been working on. You know, I'm the kind of guy, I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of guy who loves shiny objects and I'm always bouncing around from one thing. And I sort of like chaos too. So, you know, we switched last year from Clio to Filevine. And right now, while you and I are working on all this, we're also switching out of Lead Docket into a sales funnel software called Pipedrive. So, you know, I have like chaos all around. So we're, we're working with this new phone software. And then you and I are talking about, you know, fundamentally changing the way we even do consults. So it's all sort of up in the air. And 
chaotic and that can be distracting. I think my team's getting a little bit frustrated, but I think the work that you and I've done, I shared it with my team here and then they, they watched both the videos and they, I think we're all on the same page as far as moving forward with this different mindset. And so I spent some time sort of fleshing out that script that we were talking about. And I guess the one, and then we can go through it, but I guess just as a preview, the one thing that we're sort of wondering about is something that you and I were wondering about is that gave me a chance to pull up, um, let me share my screen, sort of what we're working on. And I can, I can walk you through where I think the, the, the big, the big team question is. So can you see that script again? It looks sort of got, it has the Christmassy colors going now. Can you see that? Yep. I see it. Yep. All right, cool. So let me zoom in a little bit so that it's easier for everybody to see. Let me move you over here. Okay, so we're talking about, you know, hello, thanks for calling Hacking Law Practice. Are you calling about an immigration issue? So that was our first qualifying thing. You wanted us to sort of have a yes, no there so that we, we're not wasting time with people who aren't calling about immigration. And then we're going to set a, a funnel up for how to refer people out because we work with people all over the country. That's great. You made the right decision to call us. We handle immigration cases like that every single day. My name is Jim. May I ask your name? They give us their name. We repeat it and spell it back so that we get it correct because... You reminded us that so often people get that wrong. This number that you're calling from, is that the best number to reach you at? Read the number back to the caller, confirm and add to Pipedrive. What's the best email address for you so that we can send you some follow-up information? Repeat the email address back, confirm and add to Pipedrive. Okay, great. And what city and state are you calling from? City and state, we record all that. And then we say, are you currently represented by an immigration lawyer, yes or no? And then that's sort of, if yes, what's the reason you're looking for a new lawyer? Purpose of this question is to see if they're difficult or if they say something like, I said last time I call my lawyer seven times a day and he only calls me once a week or I, I never get any answers. So that's sort of a red flag for us, okay? And then would you say that you're looking to hire a lawyer to help you through the immigration process? Yes, maybe, or no. So if no, then we're sending people off on their own little free adventure down the YouTube path or the website path. And then we're capturing their, we have their email already. So then they go into sort of the regular funnel for people who contact the firm that don't hire right away. Right. Now let's stop there for a moment. So if you want to change the question from, would you say that you are to, are you looking to hire a lawyer to help you through the immigration process? A little more direct. Okay. That was me being my lawyer wishy-washy place. So that's good. Because I, I think this is, I think, are you looking is what you said the first time. So that's good. Okay. Okay. If they say no, uh, hey, Mrs. Caller, have you been to our website and YouTube channel? We have a thousand pages of free content and 500 immigration videos. I can send you the links. I can also take down a little bit about your case and share it with someone on our team who will reach out to you if we think we can help you. Now, I think I understand that last sentence, but maybe it might be helpful for the people watching this. Why do you think that last sentence is important? Well, I can also take down a little bit about your case and share with someone on our team who will reach out to you who we think we can help you. Yeah, so there's a, there's a couple of things going on right here right now. You have claimants who don't think they need a lawyer, so they say no to that uh, when they actually do need a lawyer. So you, what, what happens, what I see sometimes in listening to a lot of phone calls, is the call comes in or the lead comes in on one path, and if you just have a little bit of a conversation, you realize the path they came in on is not something you can help them out on, but there's another path that they didn't realize that you can help them out on. So it's never smart unless you're doing a tremendous high volume campaign where it's got to reach, it's got to be in this box to qualify and everything else doesn't qualify. It's never smart to just disqualify in 10 seconds. You always want to get just a little bit of information to make sure they're not making a mistake about the reason 
that they're calling. So uh, you want you definitely want to say, hey, understand you don't need a lawyer, but just so I know and I can I can make note of it and I can share with our legal team what was the reason you're calling for it today. And then they tell you something, and your team has to be prepared to be like, well, wait a second, Mrs. Jones, you actually may need a lawyer for that. Did you know that ABC? And they might go, no, I didn't realize that. And boom, you just created a case. That's the first reason. The second reason is it's about creating a relationship with the claimant. So if you're going to be what can come across as disrespectful without even asking why they're calling, then you just may have lost not only that potential claimant for the future, but all people that that person knows and speaks with uh, if they ever need a lawyer. So you always want to make sure they understand that you're still listening, and then you want to be honest. If after you hear there, don't let them go off on this you know long tangent about why they're calling. Try to keep it to a you know a minute or two. But if you can't help, do not keep them on. You know, don't tell them, hey, it's something. Maybe we can help you out. If you can't help, you can tell me. You know, unfortunately, it's not something we think we can assist you with at this moment. We think if you want, you can go to our you know our website, or we think you should go call this company or whatever it is. Uh, but it's really important that you don't just turn them off because they might never recommend someone to call you in the future. Well, and I, I think, too, that it also reflects sort of the shift. I remember the, the biggest takeaway I had from your book on intake was we want to empower the intake team to do a lot of the qualifying for us instead of having the lawyers do it in the consults. And this is sort of like a, a safety net so that if they if they make a mistake or if they think a case isn't a case and it actually is, we still have that freedom to go back to them. And you know what, and you bring it, and I think, yes, that's exactly right, but something you didn't say that you were getting really close to saying is it also gives your, your intake team a little bit of comfort in that if they even if they make a mistake, they can show, still share the information that they just gathered with one of their superiors or a lawyer to ensure that they did do the right thing in, in pushing that claimant off. So, yes, it does give comfort in it from multiple angles. All right, cool. And then so if they had said yes, we say, that's terrific. Are you calling about an immigration issue for you or someone else? And I had a different path for someone else, but we just sort of cut it out to you and I sort of cut it out to then we get to the immigration issue. And then so the first big question is, what is their current status? So we would have like a drop down or a list for the people. These are and, and we're going to have training on what all these things mean. Right. So like because we need to know what what's their immigration status that they have and what immigration status do they want? Those are sort of the two main ways that we can tell if they, we're going to be able to help them. So and I've tried to put it in the so now. Let me ask you. something. Jim. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I'm sorry for interrupting. Uh, do you believe that that list of 12 or so uh, or 10 or so options takes up 90 plus percent of the re, uh, of the uh, statuses? I think it's really close to 100. There's very. Very few people that could be in the United States other than U.S. citizens and not be on that list. Right. I've okay. Tried, I've, tried, I've tried to use I've tried to use language that the callers use. I've tried to use language that we like. I tried not to use the lawyer terms. I tried to use the phrases that people say. Or mo most people know how to characterize their own immigration status. They know how to articulate that either with the name of the visa that they have or the type of visa. So like they might say, I'm on an H-1B, or they might say, I have an employment visa, or they might say, I'm on a visit visa, or I have a B-1, B-2. So I tried to put it right there, and we'll probably do a little bit of training for the intake people of each of those things so that they understand what to listen for. That's exactly right. I was going to say that it's going to be very important that they will know that there might be other words being used that fall into one of those categories. Cool. 
And then, so basically with immigration, Gary, I'm sure you know this, it's sort of like a ladder, like you move up the ladder, like you, you can be on a student visa, and then you get a work visa, then you get a green card, and then you get an H-1B. So this next list is sort of all the kinds of cases that we handle, and it covers most of the the next steps for the people that were in the prior list, the, the, you know, from going from that to that, from that to that. And maybe, you know, now that I think about it, maybe a nice thing to do would be sort of if I could do a visual chart for the intake people, if you have this, that's probably what you need. If you have this, that's probably where you're headed. And that might be a nice visual so that they can see it and, and make it, because I, I assume you want to have it sort of right there in front of them when they're on the call so they can look and say, okay, well, you're, you're on an H-1B, you probably need a green card. So A, you're right, and a piggyback A is the more educated that your team comes across, the more that the claimant is going to trust your team. So uh, any visual, mapping, graphing, illustration is going to be tremendously valuable for your team. Okay. All right. So for these first three categories, these are kind of cases that we handle. So one thing that I have, I have a lot of times where I soothe immigration and federal court to get immigration cases moving. So that can be for people in all different kinds of those categories. But other than that, it's all moving up that ladder plus deportation. So I try to put them in order of how frequently people call about these things so that, you know, it's sort of in that sort of workflow. But again, I guess we'll have to train everybody on, on these are the kind of cases, the blue ones are the kinds we can handle and the black ones are the kinds that we don't handle. Do you have anything after that question? Because I'll call, I'm going to call that a disqualifier, right? For every script that any law firm use, you're gonna have qualifiers, disqualifiers, and you're gonna have information gathering, right? And 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 I just just because there are, there are viewers right now that that may not be immigration lawyers uh, and just want to get one tidbit that is is universal throughout our industry, it's the following, and it's a big hole that every law firm and every lawyer is falling into, and it's this. Do not take advantage of the time that you have with the claimant on the first call and think that you can now ask 15 or 20 information gathering slash investigative questions. The more questions you ask, while you might think it's beneficial to your law firm in moving that case forward, it's actually doing the quite opposite for the claimant, which is, in their mind, they're thinking, you know what, this is too much for me right now. I don't have time to answer all these questions. I don't have the answers to all these questions. I think I'm gonna go back to that other law firm who told me that I qualify after answering three questions. So it's really important that we don't get greedy with the time that we have with the claimant and think, you know what, while I have them, let me get the uh, the doctor's address, let me get uh, the city that they were born in, let me get their kids' middle names. Don't do that. It doesn't make any sense. It's going to hurt you. And plus, once they become a retained client, then they're more patient and they're more interested and comfortable in giving you whatever you need. So you don't think knowing which benefit they want to get is important? I totally do. I was more, it's for the viewers out there right now. I want them to be aware of generally what to be careful of. What you're doing right now, I see no issue with at all. Yeah, because again, like I said before, most people know what immigration status they have. Most people know what benefit they want. So I'm, I'm thinking it's, it's like I certainly don't think the caller, the intake person is going to need to read off the list and ask them, which of these do you want? I think that they're going to get it. Yeah, and that's fine. And even if they have to, that might be okay. That's not a waste of your time. So I'm, I'm totally okay with all this. 
Um, I see what you're doing. That's a disqualifier. What's in black over there? So that's and plus it's early enough in the conversation to end that, that I don't think I'd ask you to move it up even more. So I'm okay with this so far. I think it's great. Okay. And then are there any pending deadlines? That's just a yes or no. So that's how far I've gotten, right? So this is about the time where I think we would do the pass off to the lawyer under you. So, but just so the listeners know, and so you know, the way that we've always done it is we've had intake people pushing people towards a consult and either they take a consult or they don't. And if they do take a consult, it's usually a couple days later, they pay a hundred dollars for it and they get 25 minutes with the lawyer. And so, you know, I, I had a, I had a consult this morning with someone from New York, and I was just answering questions about a form that they're going to file on their own. So it was a total waste of my time, right? Um, from from an academic yeah. standpoint, from an, and I, they were very grateful, right? They were getting a lot of good advice for a hundred bucks. But as far as moving the ball forward and signing up cases, it wasn't very good. So I see new potential clients on Tuesday, Thursday, part of Friday, and Saturday afternoon. So, and then Andrew and Amani, the other attorneys in the office, they do them. At different times. So my thought is that what we'll do is we'll just change those times, and that'll be when a lawyer is there to back up intake. So intake would then, instead of scheduling the consult, they would then just be forward. We would pick time slots, you know, where we're either on call or doing things that allow us to stop what we're doing and answer the phone. Like I could be working on a brief, and I could be the one on call, and I can stop and answer the questions you know, if they've been qualified. So I think this is about that time where we would pass them off. Is that what you were thinking? Well, let's go back. And again, for those who are watching, it's been a couple of weeks, so I sometimes repeat the questions to refresh my recollection, a little lawyerly language there, uh, what we've good. done. Yeah, so my going back, you had brought up how there's a cost. Uh, tell me about your cost structure again. It costs X amount of dollars to, to sign the retainer. Like, well, how much does a claimant have to pay to, to hire you as a lawyer? So our typical case is thirty five hundred, but a, a deportation is ten thousand. So it's either going to be thirty five hundred, five thousand, or ten thousand. Okay. And the reason you're getting a lawyer on the phone is, in your opinion, why? To answer their questions and sign them up. Okay. In an ideal world, if the claimant is, if the intake specialist is prepared to. And I'm just thinking out loud with you right now. If the intake specialist is prepared to explain the cost to sign up with the law firm and the claimant is interested in moving forward, would you need a lawyer to speak with them before they sign? I mean, I just I think I have that general attorney belief that, oh, yes, you have to have me. I'm the attorney. I'm so important. If you, you know, I'm open to suggestions otherwise, but in my egotistical mind, I like to think I'm magic and I, I convince all these people to sign up. Yeah, and you are, so I won't take your magic away from you. Uh, but what I'm concerned about more is I don't want the, the warm transfer to an attorney. And anyone, if anyone has ever heard me speak or if anyone has ever talked to me about this, I've always been a tremendous proponent of having attorneys involved in the as long as it does not delay or, or cut the process to get to create an attorney client. Relationship. In other words, as long as there's not a callback associated with it, uh, as long as uh, we're not delaying uh, decision-making authority, like I'm still going to want your intake team, even before any warm transfer, to say, hey, Mrs. Jones, so here's the great news. You qualify for representation. You meet our criteria to become a client. 
The next step is to have you sign a document giving us permission, an agreement giving us permission to represent you, and also making sure you understand that there's a cost to hire us as your lawyers. I want your intake team to say that, because otherwise they hang up that call or they're waiting for the lawyer to get on the phone, and at that moment they still don't know during that delay period, hey, does the law firm want me or not? Now you have to understand something. For everyone that's watching this, you have to think, even for, for immigration, for personal injury, workers' comp, SSD, it doesn't matter what you're doing. The people that are calling you unlikely ever needed to call you in the past. They were unlikely needing the same service in the past. This is the first time they're going through something like this, and they're even when they're calling or reaching out via the web, there's still this significant portion of their brain that wonders, even if they have a great case, guys, that wonders, I wonder if the law firm can help me. I wonder if I meet their criteria. So the sooner we can tell them that they do and we can, the sooner they become comfortable talking about how they can become a client and, and answering your questions. So now let's circle back for a moment. What I don't want is a delay from your intake team with a qualified claimant. And we, when we say the term qualified, meaning we just went through that whole intake with you, we know that it's somebody we want as a client. We're pretty certain we want this person as a client. Now we have to convey interest, right? We gotta tell them they qualify. We've got to explain the next steps. This is how you become a client, this is the cost. And we have to do all of that, and obviously we're gonna uh, convey compassion and convey the fact that we've had a lot of experience doing what they're looking for and what they need. And then we have to convey urgency, right? We've gotta be able to get this done because at the end of the day, this is still a business and we don't want to lose these potential clients to our competitors. So how do we do that last step without delay? And I'm going to throw it back to you, Jim. Hey guys, it's Becca here. I'm sure you've heard Jim and Tyson mention the Guild on the podcast and in the Facebook group. That's because we're seeing some really exciting things happening with Guild members and their businesses. The Guild is this perfect mix of a community, group coaching, and a mastermind. Inside, you'll gain support, tap into a network of connections, and continue learning, a common theme among successful entrepreneurs. There are so many benefits inside the Guild, including weekly live events and discounts to all Maximum Lawyer events. Head over to MaximumLawyer.com forward slash the Guild to check out all of the benefits and watch a few testimonials from current members. Investing in a community is like the self-care of business ownership. Being in a community with other people who get it is crucial when you're creating a rock-solid foundation to build your business on, one that's strong enough to withstand setbacks, transitions, and growth. So head to MaximumLawyer.com and click on the Guild page to join us. Now, let's get back to the episode. So you think that we can sign people up with the fact that they're going to be paying us money without people talking to a lawyer? I know that's sort of a basic question, but it's sort of a fundamental question for me. I, okay, I so uh, I was going to say, barring any state rules that you need to abide by that require you, a claimant, to speak with a lawyer prior to, to uh, becoming a client, which some states do have, by the way, putting all those aside because I don't have those memorized, from a possibility standpoint, from a process standpoint, the answer is uh, undoubtedly in my mind, yes, you can do it. But there's a value in the lawyer, and we have to ensure we're using that lawyer appropriately. 
If we're, if we're calling claimants back that qualify, we're hurting ourselves. We're hurting ourselves. If we're pushing off to a lawyer without first telling them they qualify, we're hurting ourselves. If we are not realizing, if we're not trying to get a case signed up while on the phone, we're hurting ourselves. That's just the reality of where we are in the industry right now. A race, this is part of all of our, whoever's in this world, this industry that you and I are currently in, if you don't appreciate the fact that this is a race, you are missing a tremendous amount of cases. So now let's go back to your question. Do I think it's necessary to get a lawyer on the phone? I don't think it's necessary. If you have the resources to do it and and it's not going to cause any undue delay or, or uh, un, uh, unnecessary delay, then you do it. And you make sure that lawyer has the resources in front of him or her to get that case signed. And you don't think there's any difference but the fact that they're giving us money versus signing things on a contingency? Like as far as their expectation of boy, it's going to be hard for me to commit to spending $3,500 if I don't get to talk to an attorney first. I think the answer is how, how educated and how convincing is your team going to be in explaining the value of what you're providing, of your resource, right? So if you tell somebody how experienced, how much experience you have, this is how much it costs, at the end of the day, it's just a product that you're selling. I understand there's magic, Jim, and I understand that, you know the magician that you are, but at the end of the day, you're just selling a legal uh, product. And they are likely, because no one's doing immigration, I assume, on contingency fee, and they're realizing that by going online and then looking at other lawyers, they're not going to be completely surprised. But here's the best part. Here's the best part. Go one step at a time here. Have your intake team get comfortable with qualifying and explaining the next steps let them get a sense and feel on what the reaction is from the claimants, and then we'll transfer that call over to a lawyer. And then after a week or two, ask your intake team, hey, so um, I see here we, we qualified 100 people that we won't transfer. What's your sense on when you told them the cost and you told them the next steps? Were they eager to get started or were they hesitant and needed to speak to a lawyer? And maybe for each call that they, that they take, they should start creating a little checkbox for themselves, and this one was eager, this one was hesitant, this one was, didn't want to do anything at all. And, and you get a better sense, because if you can get to a point where you can sign these cases up, certain cases up, without needing to find a lawyer, that's only a plus-plus for you. Well, so that brings up the question of where I got stuck when I was finishing up the script, and that is you and I were sort of bouncing back and forth. Do we have the intake people talk about the cost, or do we have the lawyer talk about the cost? That's where we ended up last show. So, so what, yep. are now what are you thinking? What are you, what are you thinking since our last call? Well, I was still doggedly holding on to that idea that attorneys need to close the deal. So now you've got me open to the possibility at least. And maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's not an all or nothing thing. Maybe... Certain cases go to lawyers and certain cases stay with, and even that's a win, right? Even that's a win. And I, and I also like the idea of what you just said as far as, you know, doing it in phases, getting everybody comfortable with the idea of pitching it and then, you know, and then tr warm transfer. And then after that, just see what we can start pushing back to the salespeople. I, I, think, I think that's exactly right. We go one step at a time. And I also think that another step you can take right now, which is consistent with what we just talked about, is don't leave. So let's right now, Jim, your intake team speaks to a claimant. They don't talk about the cost. 
and there's a bunch of them that the, you're scheduling a consult with, correct? That's right. Okay. So now the claimant hangs up, and they go talk to their spouse, and their spouse asks two very important questions. One is, can they help you? And two is, what's the cost? And that, that woman or man says, huh, I think they can help me. We set up for another call, and I don't know the cost. Now, we didn't, we went through this whole, we wasted, wasted the strong word. We spent time, and so did they, talking to each other, and they only left knowing a little bit more than what they came in with. Mm-hmm. So I would think that they want to hang up the telephone and tell their spouse, okay, they told me they can help. They told me I qualify. They told me they have a lot of experience. They told me what the next steps were. I have to sign a retainer. They told me the cost. And they got a lawyer on the phone for me. And the lawyer explained to me the value of the service. If we can get there, that's a big step. You're not getting, not asking them to sign yet, although you should if the lawyer speaks with them and the lawyer likes the case too. But if you can get them there, that's a huge step than what you're doing right now. They go back, they talk to their spouse. I know how much it costs. I'm really impressed by what they do. They told me I meet their criteria. They're confident they can help me. Yeah. Right? So we go from, and, and, I'm not, and, and I might be taking a, um, a giant leap in assuming something, but I want to adjust or transition the current operator-like intake responsibility we're currently showing to a level of, do you qualify? I will tell you yes or no, and tell you how you can become a client. And so that the claimant now has gotten a lot more value as opposed to just giving information, as opposed to just saying, here are the answers to your questions. Uh, I can't wait to speak to somebody to find out if I qualify. Like, I don't think we just come from a, a position that has seen this from hundreds of law firms and dealing with tens of thousands of intakes, if not more. I come from a position knowing that we are in such a competitive environment that time is not on our side. It's just not on our side. Now, the more lawyers that realize that, regardless of how good they are as lawyers, the more clients they're going to sign up. Right now, Jim's quiet. He's thinking about when the baseball season is going to start. Jim, I don't have good news for you. I don't know what's going to start. I'm still boned about that. I was watching this great interview last night on YouTube. Uh, Stephen King and John Grisham were interviewing each other, and they're both huge baseball fans. So Stephen King's a Red Sox fan, and John Grisham grew up listening to the Cardinals on the radio down in Mississippi, and they were both bemoaning the fact that baseball hasn't started, and it's it's a bummer for sure. It's a big part of life. So let's go back, because I feel like I got a lot going on in your head. I don't. I the goal of these calls is not for you to um, make some tremendous change. We got to go one step at a time. Uh, although I do, when we talk about it, I do certainly discuss it from a standard of uh, where I hope you will be as things as you start to take steps to improve. Where where I want the finish line, what I want the finish line to look like. We had talked about a temporary sign-up or a sign-up that doesn't involve us getting into bed together, right? It's just like the first a first date sign-up. Is there a way we could work that into this, like so that they're done, they're done calling around and then there's still some give and take on whether we actually take them on as a client? I listen. I love that. I'm glad you brought that up. That means you were considering it. So. The whole point of that is to get them off the right. They're a free agent. Get them off the market. Bring them in and give you an opportunity to, to review this without uh, the fear of them potentially going somewhere else. 
the way I look about it, if we went down that road, I think we need lawyers less immediately. Because what I would envision that, I'd envision that's almost like a contingency fee agreement, right? There's no cost. Mrs. Jones, and this comes from your intake team, this qualifies for an initial investigation. And in order for us to begin that initial investigation, just need you to sign, sign this document giving us permission to begin this investigation as your lawyers, and then we'll investigate this case. If we can help you, there's going to be a cost associated with that, and we'll make sure you speak to the legal team and you're comfortable with that. And if we can't, we're gonna let you know that as well. So if you went down that road, I would argue with you, and probably not an argument, I would, we'd both be on the same page saying, hey, we don't need the lawyer right now for every one of these. We can train our intake team to get them to sign these electronically while on the phone with them. Yeah, that I have the technology for that. I could I could have intake sending those agreements, those simple agreements, very quickly. I, and and that might be cert, certainly it might be a nicer segue temporarily as we move from the model of lawyer heavy to intake heavy. But also it might be a nice segue just in that we're we're slowing down, slicing down the process into smaller steps, so that it's not a huge leap either for us or for them. And and then we can we can get a lot of the data. I mean, because that's going to be a screener as well, right? So if if we have maybe maybe the intake people have two jobs. One is the initial phone calls, and then they also might have time where they're the ones doing the fact investigation that a lawyer would do during the consult. And then they send that on to the lawyer, and the lawyer says yes or no. That's a case, or that's not a case. That's so there's that, a lot that, of that goes on there. You're right. So so there's. Let's talk about each of the things I'm just looking up thinking. And so here's how, how that would work. Let's go with the gold standard. The gold standard in that situation is your intake staff now has the authority and the education and know-how to determine whether a case qualifies for that basic no-fee retainer. If they do, their goal, gold standard-wise, is to stay on the phone, wait for the claimant to sign electronically, confirm for the claimant that you received it, and then even schedule an appointment, which is totally fine, or warm transfer. It doesn't matter because I'm going to treat this as a retained client, so there's less of that urgency now to move this on because it's already a client of ours. That's your gold standard. The other level is you speak to that claimant. They're qualifying it. They're sending out uh, the electronic retainer. The claimant says, you know, let me think about this. Let me talk to my spouse. Now the intake's position is to make sure they follow up appropriately, consistently, frequently, and that while they're doing that, they're sharing the information with your attorneys or your legal team so that they can get reassurance. Yeah, yeah, that is the case we want. You know what? Let me call too, right? Get a little yeah. voicemail from the lawyer, which can be very valuable, or a phone call from the lawyer, very valuable. Or the lawyer says, yeah, nah, we don't want that case for the following reasons. You could just tell them we're not interested. And that, that that's something you do while the retainer's out. The third one is the, the claimant says, you know, well, first of all, you have the disqualifier. You have the intake specialist saying, you know, unfortunately, you know, based on everything you said, I don't think this is a case we can assist you with. What I'm going to do anyways, I'm going to share this with the legal team. If anything changes, we're going to give you a call back. Uh, but for all intents and purposes, I was going to say there's like a fourth one in there, which someone qualifies, but... We somehow, they don't have a, 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 an iPhone or they don't have a smartphone or they don't want anything sent to them. That's going to happen less than 5% of the time, I'm sure, anyway. But that could be a nice little delay factor, and it could bring in a lot more clients at that first level of client, if you will, um, where you guys get to take your time a little bit uh, and figure out whether you want it or not. 
Okay, that's all right. We'll just finish up. I think I think we've had a big breakthrough, and I think that's just fine. So whenever you need to go, you go, and we'll just reconvene. Well, I want to hear your feedback because I want to I want to close the loop on that a little. Not close the loop, but I want to get make sure we both get our two cents in it. It seems to me that what we're talking about really, Gary, is outsourcing the. 80% of the work that the lawyer does during the consult, which is getting this information, which a lawyer doesn't need to be the one to do. The lawyer needs to be the one that figures out the prescription for help, and the lawyer needs to be the one to to um, say whether it's a case or not. Those are the, really the two things that the lawyer re that only the lawyer can do during the consult. So what we're talking about is farming out the fact gathering so that the analysis can be done either by the, the mid-level intake person or the lawyer or them in tandem, and then just leaving only the, the last little piece to the, to the legal team who decides whether there's a case. So I think that by breaking it up between the initial intake, the mid-level intake, and then the final decision-making is going to offload 20 minutes out of every half hour for a lawyer. Well, there's something else, something you said there I want to, I want to hit on here. One is... I want your intake team to use the determination as to whether something could be a case or not. That's the standard. Could this be a case? And then try to get that signed up on that no fee agreement if, they, if you decide to go down that path without even ever needing a lawyer. Could this be a case? The lawyer, after if you have to do a consult before uh, before it gets signed, can make a more strange, uh, strict determination as to whether it's likely going to be a case that you're going to get a fee on. But to answer your other question. The lawyer's responsibility, in my in my mind, is a closer comma when necessary. A closer comma when necessary, because you might not need a lawyer for every call. You know, you might be able to have your intake be closers. So, just to rephrase it a little bit um, of what you just said, it's not that the lawyer is just going to determine whether it's a case or not, because the reality is you want your intake to determine whether it could be a case and whether it and therefore, if it could be a case, let's get it signed. Um, because, and why, why do I say that, guys? And I guess I'll end my two cents with this. I say that because it is better to retain than reject than never to retain at all because we delayed too much, because we wanted to investigate too much, because we wanted to get a lawyer on the phone, right? Let's keep our standard basic to determine whether it could be a case. And if it could be a case, let's get it signed. And then let's leave the lawyer for closing when necessary. I love it. I actually I actually think this is exactly the right mix because it frees up the lawyer for lawyer time. It continues the conversation. It's as speedy as we can get. It gets them off the market, which is always your goal. I think that there's not a lot of downside to this new approach. Do you, do you see much? I mean, I think to me, you are free a ton of my time and a ton of my lawyer's time who are doing consults. And like, and you know what? You're gonna learn. You're gonna learn about this, Jim. You're gonna see how many are you signing too many cases that have no value. Okay, well, let's change the criteria or change stuff. Are we not signing any cases? Why? You know, so you're gonna learn a lot about your practice, and it's it's something that I'm very comfortable. Of course, it's not my money or my time. I'm very comfortable guiding you and working with you as you do it. I think it could be very valuable. I know you got to go. I'll just end with this. To me, what it is, is it's like you assume everybody's on the conveyor belt, and then there's little places where people can drop off the conveyor belt. So one place is with the initial qualifying questions, then the next one is with the other intake question, and then otherwise they're just moving on this fast assembly line to a case. That's right. That's exactly so. And basically, right, and they come in with the assumption of it's a case. Where do they drop off 
to not be a case anymore. That's right. Awesome. Well, this was great, Gary. I know you got to go. Let's talk next week and we'll, we'll get back at it. You got it, Jim. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Good luck with everything, Jim. Thanks, brother. See ya. Bye, buddy. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.